Welcome to the Wizard of Whiskey podcast. This is episode 1 for February 4th, 2016. This podcast is dedicated to all the hedonistic whiskey and wine-loving people who are out there. Some of you may recognize my voice. I have a second podcast called The Grapevine Consulting, also on iTunes. That podcast is now dedicated to the hospitality industry. In this first episode, I spoke with Jenny Grant of Coppercraft Spirits. We tasted through quite a few samples, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Yes, yes, that would be great. Okay, cool. So um, my name is Jenny. Uh, I started at Coppercraft last November, um, so about a year ago. And when I started at Coppercraft, it's when we opened our tasting room um, and began sales of spirits. Um, there's two more guys. Uh, there's Walter Kenton who is the owner and the head distiller at Coppercraft. Um, and then the co-founder with him is Mark. Um, and Mark is the head of our sales. Uh, so the three of us are kind of getting this thing off the ground. Um, we are, we have two full-time employees and then we have some part-time employees that help us out in the tasting room. Um, we, uh, Mark and Walter decided to start a distillery. Um, Walter has a lot of history um, in the corporate world, um, in the automotive industry, uh, as well as um, the finance industry. Um, he worked as a CPA for a while. Um, he's run automotive plants throughout the country and done things like that. Uh, he had the opportunity um, to get some experience with craft beer and craft distilling, um, and after that decided that this was something that he uh, really wanted to do, um, and he was drawn to it because it's something he could do where he uses his hands, um, and he hadn't done that yet professionally. Um, so that's kind of why he wanted to start a distillery. Um, we are located in West Michigan, so we're in Holland, Michigan. Um, Michigan is second to California in terms of the agriculture that is available to us, um, and that really drives uh, what we do here at Coppercraft. So uh, for our bourbon, um, we're using grains, 100% uh, grains from our farm within 10 miles from our distillery. Um, we just released an Applejack that uses 32 different varieties of Michigan apples. Um, and then we're doing other things like a Slivovica, which is a traditional plum brandy that comes from orchards just south of the distillery here. So um, we're really driven by uh, sourcing locally um, and being able to use things from our own community and, and our own resources. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah. <clears throat> all right, so you, I have here... Uh, the the rum, the gin, okay, um, the uh, citrus vodka, the applejack, um, 100% corn whiskey, the rye uh, malt whiskey, and then of course the high wheat whiskey. Uh, okay. Where should we? Yeah, so we should start with the citrus. Um, that's where I do. So let's let's write this down so we're a little organized in it. But um, I would start with citrus, uh, then do the rum. Then our gin. Um, and then you said you had the corn, the wheat, and the applejack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yes, so I have corn, the rye, the wheat, and the applejack. All right. So you have three. Okay. We don't, we don't have then, to come up with an order now. We can just kind of taste and talk as we go and figure it out as, as, as we go if you'd like. Yeah, sure. That might so. be helpful. All right. So, <coughs> sorry. So I have here the uh, the citrus vodka. What can you tell me about that? 
Oh, uh, yeah. So for our citrus vodka, um, we're using the same base that we're using for our vodka, um, and then we're steeping it in uh, three different types of citrus fruits. So we're using uh, orange, uh, lemon, um, and grapefruit. Um, and what we're doing is we're macerating the entire fruit, uh, and then we're letting it soak uh, for about five days. Uh, then we remove the fruit, and then we just do a little bit of lemon peel in there. Um, and we like this. Um, we are, You definitely get that, that, that lemon, that orange in the front, um, but then it dries out really nicely with a grapefruit at the end, um, which is a, a pretty fun product for us. Okay. I have to say, I definitely get a lot more fruit than I expected. I expected a lot more alcohol. I expected a little more heat. Mm-hmm. Um, very well balanced. It's very smooth. Um, I definitely get the uh, the grapefruit on the nose, and the combination of the three is, is really exciting, actually. Yeah, thank so. you. Yeah, no, we worked really hard with, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that all of our spirits could be uh, represented on their own. We don't any, want anybody to buy any of our spirits and say, hey, this is a great uh, mixing vodka or mixing rum. Uh, so Walter worked really hard to, to get those flavors, and we also wanted to make sure that things taste uh, fresh and, you know, uh, so that you're getting those flavors and they're not a sugary substitute of what those flavors had been in the past. So we use all natural ingredients for everything we do. Um, so yeah, that's, that's real fruit in there. It's not uh, fruit extract or oils or anything like that. All right. Excellent. Um, I actually happen to be a big fan of sipping rum. Uh, so tell me a little bit about you guys as rum. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked about our rum. Um, so, I'm, since you're a fan of rum, I'm sure you know, but rum has to be a sugarcane base or a byproduct of sugarcane. Um, we can't grow sugarcane in Holland, Michigan, so we have to use a byproduct of sugarcane because sugarcane starts to ferment naturally as soon as it's harvested. Um, so, what we're doing is we're using 80% molasses, uh, and then we use 20% evaporated cane juice, um, which is the actual byproduct of making molasses. Um, so, it actually looks... Uh, very similar to like a a really coarse brown sugar. Um, but what that does is it, it imparts some of those uh, more earthy tones in it. Um, so if you uh, take, a, take a whiff of our rum, you're going to get that sweet molasses nose to it. Um, but I, what I really like about our rum is once you taste it, you're definitely getting those molasses notes. You're definitely um, getting those strong uh, sweet notes. But then it's going to uh, become pretty earthy. You get those earthy notes at the end so the way we kind of discuss it or try to describe it is more like a a morel or a mushroom uh you know black truffle flavor at the end um and again this is one of my favorite things to to mix with as well as to drink okay yeah that's very nice are you guys aging rum as well yeah yeah so this is our clear rum uh we have um barrels laid down uh in, and used bourbon barrels uh and then we're getting some sherry casks that we're going to put some some rum in as well, so that we can start doing some blended rums as well. Okay, excellent. That's very nice. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah, very. Again, you know, not too bivy. You know, just very nice. You know, smooth, easy drinking. You can actually sit and sip this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
it's I mean it is it is pretty mixable as well, but you could you could easily you know make the case for sitting and, and sipping the uh, <clears throat> you know clear rum, which nobody ever really does. But <laughs> yeah, do you, could. Justin? I do, but I'm yeah? I'm a nerd, uh, so. No, I like um, it. I like yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, you know, our approach to cocktails and mixed drinks here um, is we want to make when I'm making something with any of our spirits, we're making it so that it's complementing the flavors. So nothing is ever, you know, when I'm using our rum, I'm pulling out those earthy notes, those molasses notes uh, with what I'm putting in there rather than just trying to cover up the rum, which I think is, especially with rums and vodkas, I think that's what people try to do. Uh, so we're really yeah. trying to approach it from a, a, a spirit cocktail perspective rather than a mixed drink perspective. Well, that's that's great because, yeah, people do tend to buy products and then you know completely you know proceed to completely demolish them by adding in 400 other ingredients not that the mixology um renaissance isn't cool but uh i'm somewhat of a purist and that i i like what's in the bottle to be in the glass and that's pretty much it yeah um, yeah and there's ways to accent that accent that and there's ways to pull out those flavors without um right. you know just covering up what the distillers do uh, you know, we work really hard to make spirits, so we're not going to make cocktails that are going to, you know, make that that work not important. So, Right, of course. That's good. All right. Gin. Yes. Uh, so our gin is our most popular spirit so far. Um, we are doing, uh, obviously, it's a juniper forward spirit. Uh, that's what it needs to be uh, by law. Um, but the cool thing about that is that there's really no nothing that says what a juniper forward spirit is. So um, we definitely like that juniper. You're going to get that in the nose for sure. Um, we're not trying to hide that up, but what we're trying to do is make that a little bit more approachable with what botanicals we're using in there. So besides the juniper, we're using 12 other botanicals. Um, and some of those, you know, are very uh, light. You don't get the flavor. Some of them are binding uh, botanicals, which kind of just bridge flavors together. Um, yeah. But we're using lemongrass to get some citrus in there, uh, coriander as well. Um, and then we're using things like uh, anise, cloves. Um, and then what I find really interesting, what I really like about our gin, uh, is I find that it it's really nice at the end with a little bit of nutmeg and cinnamon. I feel it dries out nicely um, towards, towards the back of your palate. I do get a little bit of that baking spice quality that I'm not used to getting in gins. I'm used to getting a lot more floral. I'm used to getting a lot more licorice a lot more um, citrus, and then, um, of course, you know, the juniper. But yeah. uh, this one I am getting uh, a nice finish of. And, again, it's 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 beautiful on its own. This over some ice yeah, with thank maybe you. mint would be, a, would be just a perfect, you know, summertime. Yeah, yeah, we do. So I, so, so I do a lot. In the summer, our most popular cocktail was a, uh, it was, I call it, it's summer gin, but it was uh, a lavender honey simple syrup and just a little bit of that in club soda with our gin was really nice to kind of brighten it up a little bit. Um, and a little bit of lemon juice, I didn't say that, but yeah, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, all right, so should we move on to Applejack or should we hop onto the whiskeys first? Um, I would suggest doing, uh, let's start off with the Applejack. Um, I feel like it's going to be a different palette, so that'll be nice. Um, so this is a, a partnership with Virtue Cider. 
um, in Virtue Ciders down in Benville, Michigan. Um, so what we did is they did the fermentation. So we took uh, a combination of their ciders. So in total, we have 32 different varieties of Michigan apples in here. Um, and then what we did is we brought it up here, we fermented it, um, and then we uh, aged it in used bourbon barrels. Um, so it's uh, technically an apple brandy, um, but uh, we're serving it at 80 proof. Uh, so it's 80 proof in the bottle. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's, 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 it's pretty fun. We're really excited about it. Um, you know, I, I, I often, I like to describe it more as an apple whiskey because uh, you're definitely getting those same notes, those same flavors, those same proofs as you would in a whiskey. Um, uh, but it's got that tartness, that brightness and that acidity, uh, in, in, in the aroma as well as in the front, um, that you get from, from the apples, which is amazing. I get a lot more nutmeg, a lot more vanilla than I expected, but yep. all in all, yep. it is, it's incredibly well balanced. Um, there's really nice, as you said, really nice acidity on the finish. Um, it kind of coats the tongue, you know, all the way through. Just, just spot on, um, spot on Applejack. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and we we worked really hard. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that it wasn't something uh, up here. A lot of people are associating it uh, that you know it's like that uh, apple pie. And you know, there's no sugar in there, right? So it's still it's a spirit. We get the spirit flavors out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, what do you think? Uh, corn, rye, or high wheat whiskey? Um, I would go. Uh, actually, I'd go with the wheat first. All right. A little softer. All right. Yeah, and that's the reason for that. So this is a a red wheat. Um. Yeah, it's a soft red wheat. Yeah, so it's a, a soft red wheat that we used for this. Um, and again, so all of three of these whiskeys, um, our main product that we're making is a bourbon that's going to be aged for a minimum of two years. Um, and the first three whiskeys we released, these are all done in smaller barrels for about nine months. Um, so um, if you're familiar with the different types of aging, um, we believe that you can get awesome flavors out of smaller barrels. Um, we don't think that a smaller barrel can replace a larger barrel. That's why for our main products, we're mostly putting them in larger barrels, but um, we're really excited about these whiskeys. So, um, so again, this is a soft Michigan red wheat. Uh, and this is uh, the one we were kind of the most excited about uh, when we came out with these three, but it's, you're going to get those caramel flavors, those toffee flavors. You definitely get a lot of that caramelization flavor from um, from the wheat, which I find nice because it's a red wheat. You get some of those maltier characteristics from it. And then you get all that barrel goodness at the end as well. Right. <clears throat> wow, there's this there's this bread quality that just takes me back. <coughs> almost, yeah. like, uh, almost like freshly made Chex Mix. Okay. Yeah. No, and I think, yeah, and and I I and I don't know that this is the best way to describe it because I'm not saying that they're green necessarily, but all of our whiskeys, we're celebrating that grain in there. You're definitely getting a lot of that flavor coming through oh, from the grain, and it makes me really excited. It, it makes me excited about harvest. It makes me excited about grains and breads, and you know, just like you just said, you you get those 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 definite tones out of it. Yeah. Now that's now that's really nice. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So our distiller always says that this is what, if you came over for, you know, if you came over, this is what he'd pull out of his his cupboard as something that's special. Um, This is the one that he would choose to to give to you. I I can see why that's, that is a, someone who loves a great nose on a whiskey, which, you know, most, you know, whiskey aficionados do. They, they love, you know, a good nose. Um, that definitely has a very um, distinct uh, nose. I mean, you could pick that out of a crowd if you were thinking, okay, which one is is the wheat whiskey mm-hmm. um, versus the bourbon versus the rye versus the Pappy Van Winkle. You would pick that yeah. one out pretty easily because um, yeah. it's distinct and it's it's tasty. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we're we're very excited about that one. So thank you. Sure. So corn. Yeah, I would do the corn next. Yep, absolutely. Nice. Um, so for our corn, we actually did this one in a used bur- barrel, um, which is uh, nice. Um, corn uh, is traditionally harder to age in a shorter period of time, um, and that comes through, but we kind of like what how it came through. So um, this one, you're definitely going to get that corn flavor in the front. Again, I think all of our whiskeys have that, that, that grain character that, that's phenomenal. Um, so you definitely get that in the front. Um, it's going to be, um, you're going to get a little bit of that vanilla. I, I get a little vanilla out of this, but you don't get into the caramels or, or some of those deeper sugar flavors um, that you do with, with the wheat. Um, but we're pretty excited about this. This is the one that we were, uh, uh, people have really surprised us in how, how many people really, really enjoy this one. So. Oh, it's nice. You get uh, you get a little bit of dark chocolate. You definitely get some vanilla Um you do get a little of the, the bready graininess, mm-hmm. which is nice because a lot of times when you overage uh, whiskey, not overage necessarily, but when you age whiskey um, for a certain period of time, the graininess kind of goes away and all that's left is the sugar and the, the wood. Yep. Um, and, I, and I like that in, in some of the younger whiskeys, the ones that are, you know, aged under two years or aged, you know, in the smaller barrels because they they tend to keep a lot of that graininess. So I do I do like that. Yeah, good. Again, very well balanced. Um what's the proof on that one? Uh all, I'm sorry, yeah. All three of the all three of our whiskeys are ninety proof. Ninety proof, okay that explains yes. that, yeah. Yes. Sorry about that, yes. No, that's fine. That's fine. Everything else is eighty. Our gin was eighty one, but okay. All right. So rye is one of my favorite grains because of the spiciness. You've, you've, you've got just you know some great characteristics. So tell me about your guys' rye. Yep. So, again, we're using uh, rye from a, a farmer right down the road here, uh, Don Borzen. Um, so with this, when this came off the still, when it was a clear uh, rye, um, it was it tasted like almost like cocoa puffs without the sweetness, right? So it was this really strong cocoa note, um, and, and I, it, it, it's awesome clear. Um, so I think that once we put it in the barrel, um, some of those wood sugars uh, started blending with that cocoa flavor. Um, and again, I'm talking about that bitter cocoa, not necessarily that sweet cocoa. Um, right. But I think it really pulled that out um, and, and, and made this, which is, uh, you know, really nice. It's awesome. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you're going to get those cocoa notes to it. Uh, you get some of that sweetness again from the wood. Uh, and then a little bit of vanilla and maybe even like a toffee caramel flavor to this one as well. Yeah, I uh, this reminds me of an experiment we did in culinary school. I was victim to it, and everybody who came after um, 
was victim to it, and I'm sure a hundred years ago, you know, the Escoffiers of the world fell victim to it. Um, you take a spoonful, a heaping uh, tablespoon <laughs> yes. of cinnamon. Yes. And you try and see if someone can eat it in one minute. And most people take the whole lump at, at one time. Uh, of course, it's physically impossible to do. So what you have to do is take tiny little bites. Um, not in a negative way at all. But this, okay. tasting it, took me back there to that, like you said, kind of bitter cocoa Almost like taking a scoop of of, uh, of cocoa powder uh, on the tongue. It's very rich in in uh, in flavor. Um, it coats the tongue pretty pretty interestingly. Um, I would like to see that over some some ice. Uh, and I do not drink a lot of uh, uh, whiskey on the rocks, but I, I would love to see that uh, um, with just a just an ice cube and see where it goes i mean i'm sure it would open it up quite a bit That's... yeah no it opens up really well i mean i mean in i you know of course i'm biased but i think um our rye manhattan is, is one of the best i've ever had um just because you know we're just using a little bit of sweet vermouth that we make in house but it just uh pulls out that it just a little bit of that, more of that sweetness uh uh opens it up a little bit which is really nice as well but yeah an ice cube is, is, is nice as well you know once you get the ice in there and you stir it a little bit it opens it up I really like the mouthfeel on that, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of whiskey these days in a a lot of whiskey is lacking a great mouthfeel. You know, you get you get it in wine because I you know I do quite a bit of wine uh, for the for the podcast and and for the sommelier uh, stuff that I do, um, but I, I don't get a lot of exceptional mouthfeel in whiskey, and I'm really impressed by this. Thank you, thank uh, you so much. Um, so looking forward to seeing what you guys are doing in the future. What's, uh, what's coming down the pipe? Yeah. So we, um, so like I was saying, the main product we're making is a high rye bourbon. Um, so again, we're, we're pairing up with a farmer right down the road here who grew all of our corn. Uh, he harvested 50 acres of rye for us this year for our bourbon. Um, and that's going to be coming out in, um, uh, June of 2015. So that'll be a two year age. Uh, after May this year. Um, and yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, it's all being done in 53 gallon barrels. Uh, so when we release our first barrel of that, we'll have, um, over 450 barrels laying down. Um, so once we have that, we plan on having a good steady stock of it. Um, so that's, that's the main thing we're working on. Um, right now, today, we're actually, uh, distilling a Silvavitsa, which is a plum brandy. Um, so again, we got that, that fruit from, a orchard, uh, not too far from here. Um, and then we fermented it and then distilled it, um, to kind of work with doing a, a barrel aged Slivovica, uh, to get some of those flavors out of there. Um, and then the, the project I'm most excited about right now is, uh, this is going to take a little bit of backstory, but, um, we're in Holland, Michigan, uh, which is a pretty Dutch heritage area. So every spring we have a tulip time festival, which is a pretty uh, large festival uh, in Michigan. Um, and this year we're making, so we're the official spirits of tulip time. Um, and in Holland, we have a windmill. Um, that's the last windmill that got to leave the Netherlands after they made them all historic uh, buildings. Um, so we have a working windmill here. And last week we milled um, a, a soft wheat 
on the windmill. Um, so using the wind, uh, it's awesome. It's the coolest thing I've ever been in. Um, and we're going to make a, uh, a Yanover out of that, which is a uh, traditional Dutch gin. Um, so we'll be releasing that this spring during the Tulip Time Festival. Excellent. I look forward to that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and Yanover, so our Yanover, as in um, comparison to our gin, um, it's going to be a little bit softer, um, but then it also is going to be using more of those floral notes to it. Um, so we'll be incorporating a little bit more of that into the Yanover. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, like I said, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you guys come up with in the future, and uh, I appreciate uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed episode one and my interview with Jenny. Don't forget to follow me on the social media. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Wizard of Whiskey, and Twitter handle is at Wizard of Whiskey with no E. I'll see you next time.